0: From Tally to Cali, it's time to wake up. Wake up wake up, wake up! wake up! wake up! WarChant.com is your ultimate seminal sports source. And this is Wake Up Warchant, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. One ball. corner pocket. Now here's WarChant.com's ass on Hunch of Andy. And Corey Clark. What is up, everybody? It's Wake Up War Champ presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Coming up on today's show, air it out, ground and pound. Does it really matter whether or not Florida State has a true identity on offense? So far, so good in keeping everybody happy on that side of the ball. And an ear in possibility, but folks wondering, what if Louisville, North Carolina, Florida State all end up undefeated in ACC play at the end of the year? Wake Up War Champ presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill, Tallahassee, Florida, 2475 Appalachian Parkway, cptallybar.com. the website you can always hit the qr code on your screen it takes you right there you can place your order online to go but hang around especially on tuesdays because all day long tacos are the special beef or chicken soft or hard shell it don't matter they'll treat you right over the corner pocket bar and, grill. and then at seven o'clock sharp trivia night uh Corey clark we're not going to ask where his status for that one um But he's been there competing, battling, representing. You go out there, battle, represent you and your crew. And if you can't make it out for trivia, go in for bingo on Thursday night. Can't make it to bingo. Come hang out with Jeff Cameron, Corey Clark, Tom Lang, assorted representatives of the War Chant banner at Corner Pocket on Fridays, 5 o'clock happy hour, 5 to 6. They usually linger a little bit more than one hour. But 5 to 6, that's the prime shake hands, kiss baby time after that. You know, Corey might have to, you know, request to not make eye contact with him and, and go about your day. So,
1: and they have live music afterwards, starting around eight or eight thirty. They'll have uh, can't remember who it is right now, but they will have live music on uh, on Friday night.
0: Not the Tomcats.
1: Not they're the next Friday. They're Ooh. the Friday night before the Duke game, which, by the way, is the night game. So everybody's excited about that. That is correct. That's not you, but everybody else.
0: Yeah. Well, hey, it's, I'm happy for everybody. I'm not happy for no. myself, but I, I think I'd rather just them to get the eight o'clock. I mean, 7.30, 8 o'clock to me makes no difference in terms of, like, getting home at a better time. I'd rather have that extra 30 minutes to linger around the house and watch the rest of the 3.30 games mm. before I report oh, for yeah, duty. Smart. So smart. thinking. Uh, that game and then, I don't know, what's is it Clemson-Miami also up for grabs? I think one of them is going to be the 7.30 game on ABC – And then the Florida State-Duke game will be the other game. So there's two games vying for either the 7.30 slot on ABC or the 8 o'clock slot on ACC Network. Uh, So root however you want. But this weekend, I got my way. We get a nooner against uh, the vaunted Syracuse Orange, who we we spoke a little bit about to the, uh, the coaching staff. Rocky Long, longtime San Diego State coach, which I tried to do some cursory research to figure out what the deal was, Corey, but he said like he was going to retire from coaching. Uh, he left oh. San Diego, State. he was the head coach. And he left that job to take the defensive coordinator job at Syracuse.
1: Hmm. Um,
0: I think I saw something maybe about he didn't want to be a head coach anymore, like too much responsibility. Uh, maybe San Diego State didn't have all the resources he wanted, but still. But Syracuse yeah, does? Bizarre. But he's the architect of that three-three-five defense, which you know, brings pressure from all sorts of different angles. Sort of NC State-ish, a little bit. Uh, Maybe not as good of athletes, but it tricks some people up, but apparently not Drake May. So do that, Jordan. Carve them up. Show them that you're an NFL prospect. Not too worried about. Yeah, and even
1: that game was uh, goofy. Like I watched uh, the condensed version of that game, and you know, Syracuse was Syracuse not rattled him. I shouldn't say, but pressured him a lot and got into his face a lot. Got some sacks. I think uh, Atkins said they're top ten in the country in tackles for loss. Like that's what they do. They do create negative plays. They also gave up some monster plays, including one that should have been a pick an interception and it might've been a pick six. Instead, the kid does like a, he catches it. It's going right to the DB's chest and the receiver puts his left hand out as he's running away from it, somehow snags it and then takes it 80 yards for a touchdown. So instead of Syracuse intercepting it, maybe scoring with it, it turns into seven points for North Carolina. But yeah, uh, you know, the Syracuse defense will, you know, it'll, it'll create some chaos. You'll have some chances to make some huge plays against it though. Uh, their offense has been what's uh probably the most troubling for that team here lately. Yeah.
0: Against uh, power 5 opponents here. They they beat Purdue 35-20, but they lost to Clemson 31-14 and then North Carolina last week 40 to 7. So
1: yeah. so uh, 21 points total the last two weeks. Yeah, not not
0: great. That catchy reference by north carolina probably would have been topped by Zarya thomas uh, mm. interception had that stood right uh, but as we know it did not uh thoughts on adam fuller uh talking about officiating i like the way he handles like, man i'm on to the next play with shout out coach that's the way right. i am mm. but that's not the way most folks listen to the show are they uh they want to you know want to figure out they want to get down to the bottom of this stuff Corey, why do we keep getting hosed on all these calls uh, you know, he didn't really get a great explanation. seems like Mike Norvell didn't either on, on that call. But they're going to keep coaching him tough, sounds like.
1: Well, yeah, but he did say, you know, I basically asked him, you know, what did Byron do wrong on that play? And he essentially said nothing. I'm going to keep coaching him the same way. Yeah. I'm going to keep coaching him to play hard. Yeah. He did say, because he's a coach, man, this is how all these guys think. He's like, he did have a little wasted footwork uh, <laughs> before, but, uh, at the start of the play. But, no, as he's as he's there, he's doing exactly what he's supposed to be doing. Um, and yeah he did say his REA's catch was incredible and that should have been the play of the day. That should literally should have been the sports center top 10 play. What's frustrating about that play in particular though because it's a bad call man and we can say get over the officiating and I get it and you still won the game by 22 points. so it didn't it didn't cost you the game. I really do think it cost you an absolute blowout win where Rodemaker can actually throw some passes Bantravius Jacobs, hiking Williams can get work. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, I think it costs you a lot of that because I think as Norvell said afterwards, that game's going in a completely different direction. If that interception stands, I mean, I think in a three or four more plays, it's 29 to nothing. And that's a wrap. That's just a wrap. Uh, Virginia Tech's just going to try to rush through it and get home. They know the game's over. Instead, they got a little bit of life. Um, you gave him some life, and the officials gave him some life. But yeah, he did say that he lets Norbell. He goes, he's an emotional person, and he and he said, I think his quote was something like, you know, Coach Norbell is the one that talks to the officials, and in that moment, it was that was probably a good idea. Yeah. Meaning he was very very unhappy with the call. He likes to go to the next play, but he was very unhappy with that call.
0: Health update, Corey. Give us a health update. What's going on with What's going on with Johnny, uh,
1: mm-hmm. Rob? Yeah. Well, Tatum. first off, Aslan, don't tell me what to do. Uh, secondly, just kidding, Johnny. What did you think about his answer with Johnny? Uh,
0: I don't know. It sounded
1: like he said, what's what he always says. It's it will evaluate it as we go on throughout the week. But then he did say he could, I feel like he said to the point he could be on track to be back early this week. Um, I think the most encouraging one was Bethune. Um, made it sound like, uh, you know, he said that Bethune, they're expecting him to be ready to roll. I think it's the exact quote here early this week. Um, so it sounded like with Bethune, it was one of those deals where, you know, they took a bit of a, a, a calculated risk, but thinking they could get through that game without risking him. Um, and I, I honestly don't know. I don't remember him getting hurt. I don't know when he got hurt. Yeah. Um, obviously it was the Clemson game, I guess, or maybe it happened to practice that we didn't see, but, um, you know the way he taught they, they get, took a calculated risk that they could sit him or keep him on the sidelines and get through the game without him, and they did. Um, Robert Scott, I think he, they said was on a play count. Uh, they got through him. They, they he and he came out looking good. It sounds like um, didn't didn't know about Jaheim Bell hmm. or Bless Harris as far as when you would expect them back. Yeah. Um, I you know Jaheim played some. But, you know, I, I don't, you know, he, and he they knew, right. He,
0: he mentioned that they knew that they were, were going to get really limited if anything out of Jaheim. but he appreciated just how hard he worked to, to be ready to even give him those seven reps.
1: Well, and then Atkins apparently was saying, you know, he, well, not apparently he did say like, you, you know, we got to protect the players from the selves sometimes. Jaheim's on the sideline wanting to go into the game. Um, but they he was on a play count. Um, and I think, again, I don't, I didn't look at it. I think you said he played seven plays. Correct. Yeah. Um. So, uh, you know, I, I you would think if he could play seven plays on a, on one Saturday and, you know, he stays off it and continues to rehab and doesn't re-injure it. Not stays off it, but continues to rehab and doesn't re-injure it. Whatever it is, uh, you know, we're not at liberty to disclose. Uh, I think you could go back and watch the Clemson game and see, but I, I don't remember. Um, but, you know, I, you, would, you would figure he could play more this week. But I know there's probably – you know there, there's probably a sense or a, a there's you there's a chance that they might think okay we can get we can beat Syracuse without Jaheem we can beat Syracuse without Johnny maybe we give Tatum another a day of uh, another uh week off too hmm. i just don't know if if they can play play yeah you know if they can play play um, especially cuz you want to get this uh the offense rolling even more, um, but you also don't want to re-injure anything. So if they can play, play. If not, you know, you'll you'll hopefully see him against Duke.
0: I didn't. I thought he introduced himself in pregame, like on the jumbotron. I thought Tatum Bethune was like a starter. I, I
1: yeah, I thought he did too. Yeah, but then I, you know, he wasn't. You know, he was. I don't. He. I don't know that he played a defensive snap. No, so, he
0: didn't. That's a yeah. that's a crazy thing. I didn't want to admit that I didn't realize that and I was watching the game. I just uh, that's uh, interesting. Interesting. But, yeah, with Johnny, I don't know. I I walked away, or I was still doing stuff during halftime, so I didn't, after the kickoff return for touchdown. So, like, I I, at that point, I went ahead. I didn't want to deal with the crowds during halftime, so I waited for halftime to get over, watched the kickoff return for touchdown, then I walked away from my seat, and then apparently, you know, I missed Trey's touchdown mostly, but I also missed Johnny's injury. Yeah. And and the condensed replay, um, I was just kind of scrubbing through it real quick, so I didn't see the full play of it. But it, it sounds like... It wasn't like a joint. It wasn't muscle tendon related. So maybe you know, it's I not mean, having my with your thought, protocol. and again,
1: it's it's speculation. I have no idea. My, my speculation was that he got knocked woozy. Yeah. Uh, concussion stuff. Yeah. So I think that's what it was. And, you know, that's and he good tweeted, and bad.
0: And he tweeted that he was straight or whatever. He right? did.
1: He yeah. did tweet that. That's good and bad, though, because those things you, you, you can't be. You certainly can't risk anything with that And because he does take shots over the middle, man. He goes over the middle, and gets hit. Um, now you could just say, Hey, for this game, you're just running goes. We're just going to lob it up to you, big guy. You're not go- We're nothing you do is going to be across the middle of the field and you're going to have chances to make plays. Um, but yeah, you know, I, it, it, that, that'll, that'll be interesting to see, to watch um, as we, as we move along. I, you know, I, I don't necessarily believe they need Johnny Wilson to beat Syracuse, but I, I do think you need Johnny Wilson for this offense to run at peak uh, efficiency. So and Syracuse is not North Alabama. Like, look, yeah, you should beat this team without Johnny Wilson, but Johnny Wilson helps you certainly helps you beat this team. So if he can play, uh play. But you know, you don't know uh you know what well, Willie Halstead got knocked out by Lamarcus Joyner in a practice in uh would that have been 2011? I guess? I think so. It never really came back. Like he was one of their leading receivers in ten, was coming into eleven, big body dude that could run. Um they really thought he was gonna he was gonna be a starter. He gets knocked out in August by LaMarcus Joyner and can't ever get back to. So these, the point being, these things can linger and they're not something you want to mess around with. But the fact that he tweeted, I'm straight. The fact that Norvell said, you know, it's something we're going to watch throughout the week, but he didn't say he's definitely out or he's probably out, which I hey, Norvell probably wouldn't do that anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, It just sounded like he was expecting uh, that he would play. But again, it's, it's hard to decipher with Norvell when it comes to injuries. Mm -hmm.
0: Shout-out Darius Washington, ACC Offensive Lineman of the Week. Yeah. Uh, One of those. Also, really cool tweet by his position coach, Alex Atkins, uh, walking us through, I guess, the discussion that he had uh, with Darius. Uh, The the tweet reads, the human version of five equals one. Uh, Me, this would be Alex, you starting this week, Darius said, okay. Atkins says, don't you want to know where? Darius says, do it matter? Atkins says bet not Darius says then why you ask my dog four shish kebab emojis at Darius. So that was his coach tweeting about that.
1: What is the bet not mean? Because Brady says bet a lot, too. In that context,
0: I think it's like better not, you know, bet, bet not because I know bet bets like affirmative, right? Like, yeah. hey, man, five o'clock, we're going to go to this place like bet
1: that's why I didn't understand the bet not. Yeah.
0: I, think I bet not. I mean like best not, better not. Okay. All right. One or the Perfect. other. Uh, so yeah, that's um I wonder it'll be interesting to see how he's integrated in practice this week, Darius, because I wonder if this was like a not say flash in the pan, but I mean, could he maybe be hitting some sort of stride where he you know, again, Alex said that they got eight guys that they, they trust, they believe in and they all are well they're all made aware before the game what their role is going to be. I wonder if Darius maybe carves out a little bit bigger of a role uh, coming into this game based on his performance last week. Because, yeah, I mean, he was in the game, those opening drives where they just went down the field like they did the second half of last year. And then when they yeah. – and I don't want to say it was all because of Darius. I'm not, I'm not trying to say it was Walter Jones. But when they started mixing and matching, that's when some of the second quarter slowdown stuff happened. So that will be something to maybe monitor here. But uh, any other thoughts from uh, maybe Coach Atkins, Coach Norvell, offensively from Monday's press conference?
1: You know, I thought Atkins, I wrote a story about it. It's on the website. Uh, You know, I thought he was good about the offense. I think it was you that asked the question about trying to find an identity and maybe your identity is that you don't have an identity. Yeah. Um, And, uh, you know, he he basically said, yeah, man, we want to be an offense that if you take something away, we can beat you doing the other thing. Um, And they are. I mean, look, they, I know it wasn't pretty at times. Folks, go watch that Clemson defense. They destroy teams. Like that is not so, but my point that I was about to say was because I know I could hear people rolling their eyes when I was like, well, they beat Clemson uh, by throwing the ball and you could argue, well, they had 17 points in regulation. All right. They beat Clemson um, and they ran for 22 yards. Clemson completely took away the running game. Wake Forest did nothing. Wake, I didn't realize Wake Forest got the ball first down at like Clemson seven after a fumble or a block punt or something and still couldn't score. Um, That that Clemson defense is the truth, man. That's a very, very good defense. So the point being, you beat Clemson that way by just throwing it up to your two uh, good receivers, great receivers. And then this game you just played, you ran for 282 yards. So you went from 22 yards rushing to 282 yards rushing. LSU was mostly passing, but you, you ran enough. Southern Miss, you ran for over 300 And Boston College, you might have run for 200 if if your quarterback doesn't get hurt and takes that element of the running game away. Either way, it is kind of um, I don't know how many other offenses are quite like this that literally and I don't think they want their running game to be taken away. And quite frankly, I don't think there's anybody left on the schedule that can certainly not to the uh, extent that Clemson did, but. Man, if you are going to commit and say you're not, we're going to shut Trey Benson down, like Oklahoma did last year, we are shutting him down. Well, then you can't give up 400 yards to this offense passing. And if you say we're not going to let Jordan Travis and these receivers beat us, we're going to play off, uh, we're going to play zone, we're going to give up underneath stuff if they want it, but we are not going to give up big plays to these wide receivers. Well, Florida State, I thought, showed on Saturday, they can march it down your throat anyway even without the huge plays in the passing game like I don't even know what their longest completion was 20 yards 18 yards and they still put up 40 points and as you know 30. this Destin long, Hill 30 yards there you go Destin Hill that was a great catch by the way I watched mm. that replay again uh last night that's a I mean that's just a I'm telling you folks that guy is legit he's not been he's not been unleashed yet uh but maybe with winston right leaving uh, maybe with jaheem still being uh limited. Um, Limited. Maybe they go to the, against a team like this. Yeah. Maybe they go more to a slot guy and, and you see what he can do. Uh, but they are Florida State is uh, number nine in the country in points per drive. Mm. And they are number three in the country in points per play behind USC and Washington. Is that good? It's very, very good. Okay. And, you know, I think we've lost sight of how good this offense is because it hasn't been incredible, it hasn't been, you know, perfect. But obviously you look around the country, no other offense is and they're not I think they're you know they're like 42nd in total yards. well, they're fourth in scoring offense, which is the one that counts the most. but they're 42nd in total yards. they're 45th in rushing, 46th in passing in the country just in yardage and the old school stats. But that doesn't really you know really dive into the numbers because they they just don't have the ball a lot. They haven't run a ton of plays. So, when you, when you just do it by yards per play or points per play, uh, they are an elite offense. And you have to imagine they are going to continue to get better because now, uh, you know, I, I think they're going to be able to run the ball more than they have through the first month.
0: You know, Atkins mentioned it. Uh, it might have been a concern in the back of the heads of some of us, but just one football, all these guys.
1: Yeah, that was wanting. really interesting. I was thinking about maybe even writing a column about that. Go ahead. I'm sorry.
0: No, you're fine. It just you know, we've made it this far in the season, quote-unquote, this far. Uh, it hasn't been a problem, it sounds like. I mean, it sounds like they've embraced this sort of, I don't, I don't want to call it philosophy, but at least the the teaching, the coaching, uh, the leadership from the top down seems to be accepted and embraced by all these guys. Because, yeah, I mean, Keon's blocking his rear end off on, a, on yeah. a run play, maybe not getting the ball thrown his way as much as he would like. But there, there's, there's no sense of disgruntledness right now, but I guess maybe it's because they're undefeated.
1: But- well, and I don't know if they're, they're behind the scenes if they are disgruntled or not, but I, I do know that he said this is a this is one of those good offense problems to have. Mm. Like there's always going to be a guy after a game or two that didn't perform, that either didn't get to play or didn't do much when he got to play, and he goes, But that's a that's a good offense problem. It's like a first world problem. Mm. It's like we're so good that some really good players that expect to contribute didn't get a chance to contribute. And yet you still you know, did what you, you you still put up forty? Is that true?
0: Uh, was that Johnny's really? Was that his first receiving touchdown of the year against? Yeah, first two.
1: He had two of them. Yeah, those were his first two of the year. I don't. I don't I'm. I don't even know that he had one against Oklahoma. I I think he had two hundred yards without a touchdown. Uh, I could be wrong, but I, I I think Mark Easton caught one. Um and then Trayshawn ran for two. I don't think he. I don't think he caught a. Uh, maybe Pokey caught one. I don't. I don't think Johnny caught a touchdown in that game. Yeah, he's not a big. T- he hasn't he been a big not, touchdown not. guy. Eight
0: catches, is, eight for two hundred two. No touches. Zero. No
1: touches. So, um, yeah. So I mean, again, when you look at this offense and the way it's currently constructed, you got to figure the running game is going to get back on track. It's. It also helps that you're playing. You know, move, coming up, maybe not the best defenses in the in the country. Certainly not Clemson. Duke. Duke will provide a real. Duke's going to be a great test, and I'm not looking ahead to Syracuse. You guys know me. I'm 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 a pessimist in the sense that I think they can they can lose to almost anyone. Um, but if if they get by Syracuse comfortably, that Duke game is going to be a really good a, a really good test for them because uh, that is a real defense. Um, and that's a good defense. And they're going to be coached really well, and they're going to be coached to take away whatever your strengths are. The beauty of Florida State is, unlike Clemson, uh, the beauty of Florida, like Clemson, you go into that game saying we've got to stop their running backs. We've got to stop their running game. Well, okay, you go into Florida State saying we've got to stop Trey Benson. All right, good. What about the two dudes out what? What about the tight end? What about my man, Descent Hill, who's about to go off? You don't have, a, You might not have an answer for him. So that's the beauty of being balanced, like, Florida State is balanced right now. Is I don't I don't feel like you can take you. I know you can't take everything away, which is why they've scored um, over 30 points in 11 straight games and why they've won 11 games in a row.
0: Vitamenergy.com promo code is WarChampBogo, Warchamp Bogo. Warchamp B O G O. Buy one, get one free when you use that promo code over at Vitamenergy.com. The first and only clinically tested, clinically proven, award-winning energy shot. You can find it in a lot of gas stations these days, convenience stores, places of that nature, but you can't take advantage of the buy one, get one free promo code. Focus Plus on the menu this week, Corey. I gotta, you know, I've been looking ahead past Syracuse, but the Focus Plus has got me zeroing in on the orange, and I'm sure the boys as well. Noon game, Dope Campbell Stadium.
1: Sell out. It's a soul. It's a sellout again.
0: That's what they said. That's what yep. they said. Take a shot with your breakfast. Carries you through the entire game. And you can coast through the 330 games and you get home watch the second half of those. All with a little tiny shot that you can carry with you anywhere. 260 milligrams of all-natural caffeine. No sugar, no sugar crash. No sugar, no sugar crash. Funny how that works. Beautiful marriage. Non-GMO, halal, kosher, made in America. Mm. Vitamarranger.com. Knowles at the control of vitamin energy.com. that's why they're hooking you up with that promo code shake it and take it give it a try everybody buy one get one free give it to a friend give it to a co-worker never too early to get into the christmas spirit a little bit cold out there a little bit chilly Corey feels like christmas weather to me maybe start doing some shopping give out some shots stocking stuffers can't go wrong <laughs> there you go dot promo code word bogo shake it and take it defensively uh we only really got i mean we do get papuchas so yeah we can we can lump him in uh, with adam fuller as well uh, i did want to ask papuchas i'll probably ask him next week you know him and odell have the same amount of guys on the field mostly right They're they're pretty much you know four two, five i think there were six maybe seven defensive tackles that got into the game Uh, Meanwhile, I think only four defensive ends. Uh, Yeah. But, you know, Gilbert Edmund, I think he said, played maybe his best game since he's been here. Byron Turner, obviously, able to affect the quarterback despite the referees. Yeah, he
1: cheated and and, uh, hit the quarterback too late and landed on him and uh, should have been kicked out of the game for that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, Like, I wonder if Jaden Jones, like, I mean, who else could they possibly have to help? I don't want to say help out in terms of, like, they're in desperate need of somebody to come in and, and give an infusion of production, but. I mean, is, is this what they're going to end up having to roll with? And I guess is that good enough, ultimately, Jared, Patrick, Gilbert, and then if, if you know, Byron can maybe turn it on a little bit more.
1: Can you look up how many plays Briggs had? Sure. Um, and I'll tell you 25, why in a second. But 25.
0: 25.
1: Okay, all right. So he played a little more than I think he had been. That's good. Uh, maybe he's getting back. Because he was a force, man, to start the year. Yes, he was. And you haven't really seen him a ton he hadn't really made any flash plays in the last couple of weeks. Um, but, you know, he's uh, – if he can get back to what he was in the early part of the season, that's another weapon on the defensive line. And, no, I would say right now you're just – it's those four. Um, it's it's those four that you're, that you're rolling. Uh, you know, uh, that's why it would be nice to get up by 50 or 40 in one of these games and see about a Dante Anderson or a Jaden Jones. Like, again yeah. – you know, whether they – I'll always come back to – and it probably would have happened anyway. Rashad Green played against I, – I can't remember who that first game was against in 11. I think it was Charleston Southern. It was somebody terrible. Um, and he, his, the first time he's on the field, he catches a touchdown uh, from Clint Trickett. Um, a really nice throw and catch, by the way. Before that, he hadn't played at all. It had been clear to me – well, I can't say that. I only watched one practice in, the, in that August because that's all we were allowed to watch. But in that one practice, it was clear that 80 could be something special. But in that first game, it was the other guys on the team. Uh, maybe Hall, it wasn't Halstead because he was out. Thanks, LaMarcus. It was ULM,
0: but, by the way, ULM, 34-0 okay, win. All right.
1: Yeah. So when was that touchdown? Can you see that? It's fourth quarter, right?
0: Um, work with me here, Internet, as I shuffle on over. Oh, here. my fault. Yeah, that's fine. Um, Yeah, see, I go to ESPN. It doesn't even tell you the name of the person. I don't
1: know why, what you have against nolfan.org, but you need to go there, buddy. <laughs> you need to live there.
0: I'm just more used to... Going like right to ESPN.com, but anyhow, I'll uh, I'll yeah, it's fine. I'll I, I'm
1: almost positive it's fourth quarter. Trickett, either way, Trickett was in the game for EJ because the game was over. Yeah,
0: in, uh, it, Trickett replaced Ponder with 7:03 left, leading 27 to zero. Trickett uh, fired a 28-yard touchdown to freshman Rashad Green on his first collegiate play.
1: Okay, well, I hope it wasn't Ponder because Ponder was in the NFL by then. Um, oh, Manuel, I'm w- sorry. Who
0: started six games during his freshman and sophomore years when there Christian Ponder was out with injuries, got replaced? It, it. By I,
1: I was making fun of the writer. Thinking they messed up, but no, it was you. Yeah. It's fine. It doesn't matter, Aslan. The, the point—it's even a dumb point. I should just stop and not even make it. But I'll, I'll go ahead and finish it. Like he goes, it, no matter what he's done in practice, it's like showing that ability in a game. You know, yet we always talk about the confidence it gives the player to go make a play in a game with the lights and people lights on and people in the stands watching and the and the punting stats on the video board. To do that with all that stuff going on gives the player confidence. There's no way it doesn't give the coach confidence too. Like, okay, well, that's okay. Well, he can do it now. He can do it in a game. I'm going to trust him more, and that's why you want to get a blowout or two, where Jaden Jones, Dante Anderson, Blake Nicholson can get more run. Some other guys, the the DBs can get more run, and you can see what they are because you might need them later in the year, and that's why it's so frustrating about that penalty uh, on on Byron Turner because it, it would have I think I think that's where that game was going. Hmm. But the point being, after Rashad made that play, then he's then he's making the go ahead touchdown play the next week against Oklahoma. And then the game after that, he's catching from like, he's got like almost 200 yards against Clemson. Like but I I'm I don't know that any of that happens. If he doesn't make that play in the Louisiana Monroe game, I just think it instills both sides with a lot of confidence. So the point being, now, Dante, uh, Jane Jones is not Rashad Green. He's not the Rashad Green of defensive ends. But you might need a fifth guy. And it would be nice to see if you could roll one in before you need him, before an injury happens, and maybe give them some confidence if Jane Jones is having to play a big series or Dante Anderson is having to play a big series against Miami next month.
0: Well, anything else? I mean, I guess Jared producing – you know, maybe you know Papu. Just I think you know Norvell mentioned it too as well. Saturday after the game, um, I don't know how much of that was kind of trying to let the country know, or the us in the media, or the fans are like, hey, get off Jared for not producing. He's he's been playing well, but I mean the fact he was able to you know finally get those sacks under his belt. Surely you hope that leads to more, uh, and maybe. I'm sure he was pressing too, right? I mean, he was so close against LSU that Southern yeah. Miss Game's kind of funky. Maybe it doesn't, you know, you affected the quarterback on an interception, but you didn't get your hands on him. Boston College ends up being a crazy game. Clemson, you know, maybe they probably game planned to to avoid you at all costs. So, uh, hopefully, you talk about being able to perform in a game. These young guys. I mean, I guess for Jared, who's done it, just has to feel good to get back on the horse. And surely, we hope that uh, he continues that as they get this hellacious stretch of no more rest and having to play these teams back to back to back to
1: back well it does seem uh it's not as hellacious as what Syracuse is having to go through huh Clemson at North Carolina at Florida State and back to back weeks that's that's something but um you know it also is going to help that you know uh, schrader's a Schrader when he gets moving is a load hmm. but he, He isn't one of these guys that makes you miss in the pocket. Now, you might fall off him because he's such a big kid, but he's more stationary in the pocket than anything they've played here lately. That's got to be fun because I think you've got kind of five in a row of quarterbacks that you aren't deathly afraid of beating you with their legs. I think Riley Leonard would be if he was 100% healthy. By the way, Cutcliffe said that he's progressing well. I mean, of course he's going to say this. And his season is not lost, and they they predict – they think he'll be back sooner rather than later. So that's good news for Duke. Well, in the Uh, meantime,
0: they've got a redshirt freshman who played in 21 snaps last year against North Carolina A&T. Yeah. And then a true freshman who enrolled uh, in the spring or who will be – Competing for snaps, So that, yeah. So,
1: I mean, I, I would imagine Cutcliffe is uh, if Riley Leonard can play at all, they're going to play him. But if Riley Leonard is playing against Florida state, but he's on one ankle, well then, I mean, he can run, man. He's a athlete. He's a pretty big time athlete. Um, well, that gets taken away if he's only playing on one ankle. You know what I mean? Right. So that could be five in a row. Go. I don't think the Wake Forest kid is much of a, yeah, a runner. Yeah, Mitch Griffith's
0: not, not really. Van
1: Dyke clearly isn't. Although I, I say that, my man ran down the Georgia Tech DB. <laughs> And pushed him out of bounds and saved a pick six and uh, won the game for Miami. Well, they got uh, that Pitt, was it. that ended up being the game winner because his coach was smart and took a knee and that was that. Uh, great play there, Tyler. Um, they got but Pitt yeah, before so, that,
0: but Pitt, Phil Djokovic is not even a quarterback any longer, so I don't even know who right. Pitt's quarterback is. Yeah, but yeah, to your point, that's five. in that's, a That's that's
1: what I'm saying. So that's five in a row where you're not worrying about you know this dude that's just some shifty you know basically slot receiver darting around everywhere. Um, so that'll help Verse too, I think. I, I just think it's you know i i just think it's hard to rush at full speed and he's not supposed to rush at full speed if you get if the quarterback can get inside you like inside that lane and then all of a sudden it's a 12 or 15 or 30 yard gain
0: yeah you don't want to run past the quarterback that's yes, a yes but i think problem.
1: now it's not as big a risk it's a risk yeah. still cuz like i said if Schrader gets moving as we saw 2 years ago um he had a couple long touchdown runs in that game um that that's a you know that that's a that's a worry But he doesn't seem to be the runner that he was two years ago. He doesn't seem to be as willing to run. And there's also a chance after these two straight blowout losses that he might not want to sacrifice his body as much um, in what seems to be another certain defeat maybe in his eyes. I don't know. But either way, the point being, I think you're going to see an uptick in the production from Verse because, number one, he's really, really good and he's been close. But also, they're not playing. You know, basically a four by one relay team, which is some of those quarterbacks he was had to play in the first month.
0: Yeah, McSalanos put Boston College on his back, beat Army at their own game in the in the elements. Man, it was incredible.
1: Man, what? Who's the who's the who's the quarterback at UCF? Like he couldn't play for UCF. That kid, John Rice Plumley. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I know the Plumlee kid's a crazy athlete too, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, still, is he better athlete than that kid? Yikes! Man, but yeah, got... Boston College is three and three, baby. That's two wins in a row. Uh, now they was over Virginia and Army, but that's two wins in a row. And before that, you know, they almost beat Florida State. Maybe BC is better than we thought, Aslan. They
0: might make a bowl game. They got they
1: maybe they got... that'll end up being Florida State's best win at the end of the year. <laughs>
0: Out uh, mybookie.ag promo code is Warchant use that for an instant cash deposit bonus when you sign up for the first time at mybookie.ag you can bet on futures whether it's Heisman folk Jordan still with the fifth shortest odds mm. Michael Pennick still the odds on favorite behind him. I think it. you
1: can say best odds
0: I don't think that's the best odds though
1: I mean because when it comes to I mean to me- best odds is subjective yes but I think that's how it's termed as the fifth best odds where's Brock Bowers by the way
0: 5, 6, 7,
1: 8, 9, 4,100. Oh,
0: all right, okay. Penix, the odds-on favorite behind yep. him, the defending Heisman winner Caleb Williams, then Bo Nix, then Dylan Gabriel, all ahead yeah. of Jordan Travis. Did
1: you know he ran for over 100 yards in that game yeah. on Saturday? Yeah. Dude's an athlete, yeah. man.
0: Still think Big 12 winner ends up making the playoff, though, as long as there's only one loss. You know, if, I think if Texas avenges, um, if Oklahoma loses and then holds off Texas. I think they make it in, but I digress. Uh, Florida State, meanwhile, seventeen and a half point favorite here on my bookie against Syracuse, which is I, I mean Syracuse is a whole it's a weird touchdown number, than, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder why that is. Fifty six and a half the total points.
1: It makes more. you a little iffy about it because I would have thought it'd be in the mid twenties again, especially yeah. the way Syracuse looked against Carolina and Clemson for that matter offensively. I would have thought it'd be. Uh, so what? Are the, what's the over under?
0: 56 and a half.
1: So 17 that they they're they're, they're predicted like a I don't know man, like a 38 to 21 game? Yeah. 37 to 20? Yeah. That just yeah, I guess I hey, that's I mean that's basically what it was this past I mean I guess that makes sense. All right. Interesting.
0: Make your moves, make your plays. We'll offer up our picks for the week on Thursday's program. Mybookie.ag bet anything anytime anywhere. Use that promo code Warchamp for your instant cash deposit bonus Anything else from the press conferences, Corey, that we didn't touch on? Uh, otherwise, I wanted to move to a, uh, a fantastical question, if that's such a word. Just kind of a- Oh, uh,
1: no, not really. I thought uh, Norvell was nice about Winston Wright, uh, very complimentary oh, okay. of him, said he loved that kid multiple times. Mm-hmm. That was a good question you asked. Um, you. Said, said that he loved that, he loved him, uh, literally, I love that kid. That was the direct quote. Yeah. Uh, and I'll always be cheering for that kid. He also said he wasn't sure if he was going to continue on because he does have a year of eligibility left. Yeah. Or if, like, maybe he's done with football, and then he, you know, he, you read between the lines when he's saying something because he's never gonna drag a kid. Uh, But it sounded like it was like, you know, Winston wasn't happy that he wasn't playing, and he's like, it's hard at Florida State. It's hard to, it's hard at Florida State. It's hard to get on the field at Florida State, Um, and we want people that are all in. And I think the thought being, it's not good riddance, but I think the thought has to, the, the thought there, what what he was saying when he's like, we want people that are all in, is like, he understands that if Winston Wright is iffy on whether he wants to continue playing football or playing football for you, well, Florida State isn't a place where you can be iffy about football hmm. because it's just too hard. You've got to be all in. I, I think that was the – not like Winston Wright is selfish or he's not part of the team. It's like if his if his mind is like kind of back and forth on whether he wants to keep doing this, well, then this isn't the spot for him because it's just relentless. It's, it's another two and a half months for maybe not getting on the field and catching another ball. That's just a lot for him to deal with. You know, that was a that was a, the decision he had to make, is what it sounds like. Yeah.
0: I mean, I really feel like that, uh, you know, there's coaching tape of these players, like you want to show the players, like, what to do. I don't know, if, it wouldn't be good coach-speak material, but, like, that was the best, like, most since I don't want to say sincere because he's always sincere, but, like, that was, he's never comfortable talking about injuries or players leaving the program, but he was extremely eloquent And comfortable talking about that situation, which was refreshing to hear. So, yeah, I mean, if people thought there was something amiss there, go and listen to that part of the press conference. There certainly
1: doesn't seem to be any ill will with Norvell towards Winston Wright in any way. And, you know, he talked about the journey, and it's just a bummer, man. Like, Winston Wright would have been Micah Pittman last year if he would have not gotten in the car accident. It may be more so. Like, he would have been Micah Pittman plus another 150 yards Mm -hmm. because he was a little more dynamic. Than Micah Pittman in the slot. He was going to be a big, big part of that offense. And then going into this year, he would have been an established part of the offense that maybe catches another 35 or 40 passes, is a, is a chain mover, hits a couple big plays. And that just car accident derailed everything. He rehabbed his butt off for a year and a half. Uh, and then, you know, it just, he could, it didn't materialize where he was going to be a real factor in the offense.
0: Wanted to uh, address this uh, very nice thought-out email from our guy Brian um, and we touched upon it a little bit on yesterday's show but just the collision course in Charlotte what's it going to be um, you know Florida State North Carolina Louisville undefeated yeah. uh, they do not play each other uh, and just the the nations that will go through this so it's you know obviously your winning percentage in the conference uh, then the tiebreaker becomes combined head-to-head win percentage but obviously These guys are not playing against one another. Let's say
1: they're all – let's go that they're all 8-0.
0: Okay.
1: Let's play that game just so people can do the math in their heads. They're all 8-0. They they don't play each other, so they're all 8-0. Granted, that is probably not going to happen. There's a high probability it won't happen. But just for the sake of this explanation, they're 8-0, all of them.
0: It goes all the way to the fifth tiebreaker. Yes. Which would be combined win percentage of your conference opponents. So not your win percentage, but your opponents. Yes. Based on their win percentage in the ACC, now yeah, because
1: your win percentage is a thousand.
0: So is everybody in this example, yeah, right? So what it looks like is probably I think North Carolina might be the odd man out because they play Virginia, and Virginia's mm. not going to have a great conference record uh, as one of your opponents. I don't think Louisville has. Oh, well, I take it back. They also have Virginia as well. Florida State has Pitt, but so do. I'm trying to figure the best way to discuss this. You just you don't want to have the worst teams in the conference as your opponents. Virginia seemingly is going to probably be the worst record in the conference. You don't have that, so right. Florida State is well positioned in this completely. And I'm not. Down. I don't want to. I'm not talking down to our guy Brian here, man. There's, there's no way these three teams are both undefeated in conference play. Just
1: You wouldn't think, but no. also Louisville's schedule seems so easy that I would think they'd be the odd man out because they play Boston College and Virginia. Um, I maybe Pitt. Do they play Pitt too?
0: They do play Pitt. So Pitt, so, Pitt, Duke, and oh, I had the other one on the tip of my tongue. Uh, was there's we do have three common opponents north carolina florida state and louisville okay Uh, so golly i can't find it i think it's virginia tech
1: okay um yeah so that louisville's play in the bottom of the barrel is probably virgin
0: i'm screwing this all you're you're, you're killing
1: us aslan it doesn't matter um but the the point being miami
0: miami final answer sorry miami Pitt, and what was the other one i said Duke. duke those are the three common opponents
1: Okay. Well, so Miami and Duke will both have, I think, pretty good conference records. Unless, again, Miami just completely uh, quits uh, after that debacle. Um, but Mario yeah, owned th- it, though.
0: Did you hear Mario like oh, he owned it sure even further did. on Yeah, Monday.
1: Good, man. Own it. Great. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, we know you made a mistake, man. My mom knows you made a mistake. My dad has been dead for 12 hey. years. He knows you made a mistake. <laughs> uh, it's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, so Florida State, you know, they have played, uh, you, know, you know, Clemson will have a good record. Miami will probably have a good record. Duke could have a good record, um, so I, you know I think they're they're in good shape because they don't play Virginia, uh, like you said. So, but look, we're 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 getting way ahead of ourselves here. There's still f- what five more conference games left. Yeah. Um, so and yeah, the odds are that at least two of the three will lose a game, and maybe all three lose a game. Um, so, you know, and yeah, so yeah, I, I just think we're, we're getting ahead ourselves. What I love is what's the tiebreaker after that one, Aslan?
0: Oh, uh, let me pull up Brian's email back here. I thought again. you it had is, it already. I don't know. Okay, I, I, sorry. There's different screens. Oh, gotcha. So rude. Sorry, um, my fault. They will go to the vaunted team rating score metric provided yep. by sports source analytics. Following the conclusion of regular season games.
1: So that means if all the other tiebreakers, including the opponent's tiebreakers, are all like the opponent tiebreaker, let's say Florida State has the best one. So they're in. Now they're trying to figure out between Louisville and North Carolina. Yeah. They go to so in their opponent's tiebreaker, their winning percentage, their opponent's winning percentage is the exact same somehow. Then they go to what Aslan's saying now, which is what?
0: Sixth on the list. The team rating score metric provided by Sports yeah. Source Analytics, which none of us, I don't think, have ever seen. Right. And we don't know right now.
1: Have no idea how they formulate a winning percentage, a ratings percentage. Don't even know anything about the company. Like, can't we not just go back to one of the computers, like what, the Harris Poll or yeah, something? Use the
0: BCS, though. There's somebody that still runs BCS formulas. Like, have that Yeah, run just it.
1: use that thing or have FIMRAL <laughs> hack out something. Have him put in X over a Y. And then cube it, <laughs> you, you, you multiply it, you know whatever I do, but uh, the cube it isn't how the phrase. I have, it's guys. It's been thirty years since I was in high school, um, but yeah, do do something. But that or or maybe it's up to Jim Phillips' discretion. He could take a uh, uh, just coin toss.
0: Dude, do, do high school man, dude, old school Southern high school man, coin toss at a convenience store between the two universities, man. Between I,
1: I can tell you this, like. Those last two tiebreakers aren't good news for Florida State because they are unknowns. Like, let I, the, like the, the thing in the hat is a real thing. Number that's, seven, that's, after that's that one. That's number seven. Representative the,
0: shall be chosen by a draw as administered by the commissioner of commissioner's designee.
1: Well, let me tell you this, folks. If it gets to number seven and he's putting three slips of paper <laughs> in a hat, he's going to have North Carolina on two of them and Louisville on the other. There is no chance, my man Jim Phillips is pulling Florida State out of that hat yeah, yeah, yeah. after what happened in August uh, with the board of trustees. So that that is not going to happen. You do not. But the number six is a little shady too, because I don't. What's the background of this company? Right. What's their formula? What, what do we get to see the formula before yeah. the uh, they go to it? So yeah. But again, we know the likelihood of all this is about one percent. But it's less good than one percent. It's good to know. It's less good to know 1%. that what the tiebreaker is out there.
0: Whatever the win likelihood was for Miami with a minute and a half. Yeah. This is even like yeah. uh, greater than that of not happening. Right. So that's that. All right. That's a wrap for us. Thanks for being All here. Right. I,
1: wanted to, I wanted to say I had a little anecdote from this weekend that I forgot to share yesterday because that show was so long. Just real quick. Brady Clark story. People seem to like that a little bit. So he was down this weekend with his friend and his friend's family. Uh, Jace is his friend and, and his friend in their family. So they got down on Thursday night. On Friday, uh, I went to work out. They went over to the stadium to look around, to like, because they went to school. Jace's parents went to Florida State, and they hadn't been back in like 20 years, 25 years.
0: A few things have so, changed.
1: A few things have changed. Yeah, a little bit. So they go and they're walking around the you know, the facilities. They walk into College Town, and then they go over to uh, the baseball field. They go to the uh, you know the softball field, everything else, and they're at. And Brady's, Brady's showing him around like he runs the place, like he's the facilities guy. Bernie he walks Waxman. The, he walks the daughter onto the softball field, and he's just saying things to them because I wasn't there. This was happening for me. He's just saying things to them like, yeah, you got to walk around like you know what you're doing, and nobody ever stops you. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, man, oh, okay, anyway. So they they walk over to the Bowden statue, which is where more, the Moore Center is. People that have been to the Doak Campbell Stadium, it's, it's where the Moore Center is. It's the entrance to the Moore Athletic Center. And they're going there so Brady can show them, you know, the Heisman Trophies, the National Championships, all the things that's in the museum. And that's when, um, who's the recruit, the big defensive line recruit that was, LJ McCray, is that his name? Correct, correct. So they're walking in, and Brady keeps up enough with Florida State to know that he's on a visit. So they're walking in, and all of a sudden, Jace's dad goes, I think that's Mike Norvell. And they turn around, and Mike Norvell is shouting, there he is, there's the guy, there's the man of the hour, because LJ McCray is being driven up on a golf cart. So they all get out, they get out, they dap, LJ and Mike, and they ex- exchange pleasantries. Meanwhile, Brady and this family of four are standing there by the bound statue watching it all. And then the doors open up because they're welcoming LJ McCray into the building. And Brady's like, come on, let's go. So he walks in with him and he walks in just to like go in, to like look at the sights and everything. And one of the the greeters is like, oh, I think they thought I don't know how they would have thought this that maybe this was another recruits family. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh yeah, come over here and hang out to the right. And so they all go into the right. Norvell walks in with McRae. The whole football staff is there, and they give him a rousing standing ovation <laughs> on all three levels. So it's like you're not supposed. It's like Brady's a part of the official visit and then norvell gives a five-minute speech to mcrae and his family about what it means to be a florida state Seminole. and brady clark and these people are just sitting there watching this and it's just like man he just forest gumps his way into so many scenarios that don't make any sense like he nobody, but you're not supposed to see that you're not supposed to see what norvell is telling one of the best recruits in the country in his stadium, the night before a game, but that's that's or the day before a game, that's what. And I didn't know any of this, so I was like, "Man, I'm going to be the cool guy. I'm going to take them to baseball practice because Jace is a baseball player, like Brady. You get to watch Florida State practice. They're open, supposedly they're open anyway. Another story for another time. And so we go into the stadium, we're watching, and then they're telling me all this what Brady did, and I'm like, "Well, this is great, man. Like, hey, y'all, are y'all enjoying your fall baseball that I that I." Uh, made happen for you meanwhile my son got you on an official visit with a football player in the football stadium it's just like you know so mine paled in comparison to what Brady showed him so I felt kind of like a letdown Brady was the one that showed him the good time but that's how Brady lives his life and he got good at beer pong apparently this weekend okay
0: uh, then he like end up in the luxury boxes at Truist and bumped into Larry Jones for a little bit. He too? did.
1: He did. Well, he didn't end up there as long. I bought those tickets. Oh, okay. that, that was his dad. But I told him to go to the bathroom and he comes back with a selfie with Chipper Jones. Um, because of course he did. It's just what happened. He's been on the video board three times. It's just, it's just, uh, it's, how that, hair. His life.
0: it's that hair, man. It's amazing. The hair,
1: you saw it. It's out of control. Brady, it is keep out it. of control. Live your life. Brady. I, and I, I should specify. Cause I know his mom listens to this. Um, he was he was drinking water out of the out of the red cups. Okay. He was literally him and Jace were actually just playing the game. They were not they, they were not chugging a beer at the end, like okay. some people do when they play beer pong.
0: All right, so yeah, they're a Department of Children and Families, DCF, chill out. Guys, chill come, out on. Guy.
1: come on. Come yeah. on. It's Corey Clark you're talking about here, man. I don't I don't subject my kid to that.
0: All right, let's go watch practice, Corey.
1: Let's do it.
0: Seminal headlines, one to three o'clock, Corey, Ira Jeff doing the thing. Tune in. No hour number two, but Go back and listen to the one from last week. Right. It'll carry Shit. over. Thanks for listening to Wake Up Board Champ. Presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill.